fucking monsters. <laughs> Already thinking about Vegas. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> mics are hot. <laughs> what is it? Uh, thunder down under. <laughs> <laughs> What's the other? Oh, Magic Mike. Magic. Uh, Mike. Magic. Oh yeah. Is that is that a sh- real show? It is a Vegas show oh, right wait. now. Don't ask how I know. <laughs> it's because the groom's name is Mike and the girls went to a Magic, uh, the Magic Mike show. Okay. Wow. I I didn't know that was still a tradition. Uh, it is definitely indeed. We are not indulging in that, ironically. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Welcome to 91 Octane. I am John. I'm Randy. And on today's episode, of course, we're going under the hood and covering your headlines. And a uh, very historical, he- history-heavy episode today. We're going to profile the legends. Randy's going to cover Kunimitsu Takahashi. And I am going to cover stupid car history, specifically something from 1999 that resembles the Fast and the Furious, believe it or not. Ooh. But first, let's kick it off with some headlines, Randy. So I'll start with uh, my Honda Love. The Honda Prologue electric SUV was previewed this week. So I will show an episode or a screenshot or whatever okay, of cool, this car. Cool, cool. Um, it has... It's really just a concept drawing at this point in time. Uh, nothing interesting. My question to you was, given... Th- and this is the first GM collab for Honda with that whole EV thing that they're doing together. Yeah. My question to you was, instead of Prologue, should they have called this the Prelude? That's weird. Is it? Is prologue weird or prelude? Prologue is weird. Okay. Prologue. That's like the thing at the beginning of a book that's like a side story about the book, kind of, right? That's it's Yeah. Like, it's sort of a... Yeah, you're right. It's usually like someone writing about the author and the book. Yeah, like a third party writing about... Yeah. The well, actually, technically, I think it might be like a sort of a like setting up the story a little bit too, right? At times. It, it yeah. relates, obviously, to the book or yeah. something about it. So this is their prologue to EV? I guess so. Here's the thing. I think prelude, I mean, it's sort of in the same it can it's a, it can be a synonym. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For those who don't know what a synonym is, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it can be a synonym, mm-hmm. but I don't know it would have elicited the same kind of cringy reaction that that the Mustang Mach E did. You think so? It's a it's a it's an SUV, right? It is an SUV. It's like a crossover, but in, like the prelude name doesn't have the nostalgia factor. Oh, Randy. Oh, <laughs> no, Randy. No, it doesn't have dude. the respect. Way to disparage it's, the ex girlfriend, bro. <laughs> it's the Roddy Dangerfield of the Honda world. The Prelude? Yes. I feel gets, like the Prelude gets, had, like, okay, now not so much. Yes. And In its time, yes. But honestly, it, it's Roddy Dangerfield. The meme no that I that I posted recently, I sent to you, yes. the one that says Randy S2K mm-hmm. Odyssey Prelude. Uh-huh. That meme, without the Odyssey, maybe replacing Odyssey with Prelude. No, like a CRX, the Prelude would still be the dead one. I think because I was, I was thinking like, yeah, like I remember the Prelude pretty being pretty beloved. Okay, yes, but it quickly just 
went by the wayside. It's like an ignored, forgotten car. I don't think it'll ever come. So is the eclipse, though. That is very, very true. And when they said that the eclipse was coming back as a crossover. Did anybody even notice? Yeah, you were like, uh. Yeah, but at the same time, though, you know, we really, I didn't. I mean, I don't really care necessarily. Exactly. But I don't know. Like, I feel like if you're going to revive the prelude, it should be revived as. As what it was. What it was, a sports coupe. A rebranded Accord coupe. A reshelled and rebranded Accord coupe. I mean, you're really minimizing that, it. No, that's actually what it was, really. right? But it had it had it had some improvements, right? It had uh, like some engineering that yes, you know that yes, yes. deviated from, from what the accord, accord is. Coupe. Yeah, yes, yeah, that's true. Fair enough. Fair um, enough. so I mean, it was intended to be somewhat a performance car, right? A like um, a not executive, but like a grown adult, like career driven person's. Like sporty luxury ish car. Got it. Mm-hmm. That said, Prologue is a weird name for a car. Yes, agreed. So would Prelude have been better? I think so. It like, re- like that aside, right? Uh-huh. My uh-huh. little rant aside, uh-huh. I think Prelude would have been better. Yes, Prologue. For some, I can't stop thinking of Gran Turismo. First of all, oh, okay. Gran Turismo had a Prologue. Yes, which was like a watered down. It pair, was a pared down version, right? Yeah, it was like in between like four and five or mm-hmm. five and six or yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's a, I, I can I can see what what they did mm-hmm. in kind of like this is the first one. Yeah. Right. So. Like, but yeah, no, I think it's weird. I, I I like BZ4X better, you know, like Toy- the Toyota one. Toyota. Yeah, I like numbers like that better prologue but although i do hate that you know what i take it back i've had issue recently with ev cars no longer having names okay, okay. like the model three well, and the it, at least it has a word in it the a model, model three. i mean is that like like model t model three nah, model S. you know what i take it back good good prologue is good <laughs> It's not a good name. Okay, it's not a good word, but it's at least they're good bringing word. a word. Yeah, back but at in. least they're bringing words back to name these cars. Yeah, so you're not as a, as a BMW lover, you're not in love with three thirteen, three thirty three, three twenty three. You know, and I know I'm pissing off like BMW diehards. Yes, but like, nah, like, nah. I've always wished they were they, they had were names. names. Yeah. Rather than okay. Yeah, like uh, just, I mean, it, uh, maybe it's the JDM fanboy in me, but like okay. I, I really like you know Sylvia. Uh-huh. You know, I really uh-huh. like, and and coming from a person who, I don't like assigning, which is N- weird. names to your. I don't cars. like assigning genders to my cars. Yes, like I've always right. thought that was weird. I think they're machines, they're robots. Sure, sure. Um. But at the same time, like the names is the Rio, right? The mm. Focus, the you know, mm-hmm. I, like I like the name, and I know that's hard to do. Yeah, and that's why they do use codes now because mm-hmm. it takes full teams and like thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah, to come up with these names. Right. 
despite the fact that it probably shouldn't. <laughs> but, you know, Prologue, right? Yes. Like, Prologue came from a focus group, a marketing sure, team. some research You know, some, some research, sort. thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm, and someone mm -hmm. said, Prologue, that's right. Yeah. Because we're going to have more in the future, and this is the first one. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm on board. You I are on I worked, board. I worked around. <laughs> <laughs> I worked myself around a circle, but I think yes. I'm on board. I still don't like the word. You don't like the word. But I like that they're still using a word a word even though it does have some sensibility in its name as well not like sorrento or tell you oh tell your ride sounds kind of rugged e because i mean i don't think i think i just don't know enough about why they chose those names for any car in general yeah. or just this prologue the no the, like the sorrento right like what do what do those names mean right what are no the, idea yeah but uh, but yeah, I mean, it it could be random as Pajero, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We yeah. know that one. We're not yes, gonna go there again. Yes, but yes. you know, it's just kind of. I think it's. I think that's cool. I don't mm -hmm. want. I don't mm -hmm. want codes like Porsche Taycan, right? Cayman. Yes, I like that. Like nine eleven. That's a gun. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's cool. Whatever. Yes. Yes. All right. Anyway, next headline. So California finally has a mod. That other states can't do, Randy. Okay, what is that? They're now allowing residents to use a vinyl wrap front license plate. Uh, I heard about this. Yes. And it's a total scam. Is it? It's a total scam, bro. Yes, I thought it was an April Fool's joke. So, I thought so too, so I really dug into it. Uh -huh. In 2013, the pilot started. Okay. Right? So, there was a bill California put out and saying we need to find alternatives to... The license plate, like how to deliver registration, all this stuff, right? And they talk about electronic ways, right? Electronic ways, uh -huh. all this stuff. Well, basically, they left it open to identify whatever way was best, right? First observation I made was that since two this has been open since 2013, it is now 2022, and nothing has changed at the DMV. <laughs> Our registration is delivered the same way. Yeah. We still have stickers. We, we still have paper. We can renew online at least. We can renew online. That, yeah, that's, but the, that's you're true. right. The plates themselves. Everything is, is exactly the same, right? Mm -hmm. um, so the pilot has been going on since about that time until 2018. And they piloted with CHP cars. Which is cool, okay? Pilot vinyl wrap. I don't know how you need five years to figure to, out to figure out if it works or not, right? Yeah. Or maybe they need to make sure it doesn't wear off. Um, and then it, the the actual pilot for commuters mm -hmm. was supposed to end in 2021. It has recently been extended to 2023. Okay. So now everybody is eligible to do that in that you can enter the pilot program. Okay. And sign up for this. Mm -hmm. But this is where I think the scam starts. You can't get this vinyl wrap license plate from anyone. Okay. You can only get it from one vendor? company, okay. one vendor. Uh -huh. They are named uh, license plate wraps. <laughs> Creative, right? Yes. Creative, right? Yes. So they're a Huntington Beach, Huntington Beach based company. Uh -huh. um, and they're the ones who offered the idea to California. Nice. Which that's ingenious i think that's on them on them right yeah. they're like you know we, we can print this stuff out and just it costs and, and, pennies exactly I can tell you that. exactly mm -hmm. and guess how much it costs to do 
I thought it was a couple hundred bucks, right? Eighty-five dollars to okay. buy the plate. Okay. Right, and yeah. then it's another. You know how California charges you to have like a colored plate? Yes. It's the same fee to have <laughs> this, right? Okay. So now this guy, the these this company has now an exclusive deal. Yes. Right. It takes them four to six weeks to fulfill. That's BS. Okay. Because they need to connect your co- collect your vehicle info. They need to connect your license plate number, your address, and your vehicle mileage. Why would they need your vehicle mileage? For a registration, that makes no sense. Exactly. Okay. But they have to verify with Sacramento mm-hmm. that your car is registered, mm-hmm. which, again, doesn't make sense because it is a front license plate. You're not getting the stickers. Yes. You right. know, like, I don't get it. Yeah. You know, so. Right. And I don't know. I couldn't find any information on any like any like marks or specific things on the vinyl wrap that would give it away that it's it is from their company or it's not. So you could you're saying you could allegedly just print it yourself. I think so. Yes. You could as print long as you yourself. have the spec. Yeah. Yeah. Charge. As long as you have the right image of the license plate, print mm-hmm. it, put it on, and you're good to go. Mm. Um. It is recommended. This is another thing too. This is I actually thought of you. They recommend to only install it on OEM paint or better, which means that it's probably low quality wrap, right? Yeah. At, uh, yes, potentially. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yes. Because I mean, there's plenty of we th- we've seen people wrap cars for the last however many years mm-hmm. using mm-hmm. quality wrap. It doesn't come off. Yes. Right. But they can peel it off and not damage paint. Correct. Right. So, uh, yeah, I thought that was. Uh, so you'd be worried about the adhesive and I'm how worried it about could the adhesive affecting your paint. And I'm just like, man, this is probably like some California senator's homie, <laughs> you know, at this point. Yes. Like it's yeah. it's hard for me not to think that. Yeah. Like, why leave it to a single company? And that's how it's going to be provided um, statewide, or it's just this just still statewide. Pilot. I mean, it's still piloting, it's still so there's pilot. still a chance that this actually doesn't get doesn't pull through. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they've opened it up to really anyone who wants to do it m- leads me to believe that it is kind of open going to or stay. starting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That said, like, I vinyl wrap or not, I don't want to run. A front plate. Yes, agreed. You, do you have a front? You don't have a front plate on the S two K. I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I don't have. I have it on my truck. Uh huh. I have it on my vin- van. I definitely have mine on my. Yeah, van. my truck has it because mm-hmm. it came with it. Yes. But my my E ninety two doesn't. Although wifey has gotten ticketed for not having hers. Don't say that. Yeah, <laughs> she got ticketed, but so. this was in Pomona, so just don't go to Pomona. Yes. So, I mean, I guess it's a good alternative, but I just, I wish they would have said it's okay, like for a front license plate, right? Mm-hmm. And you use the same rear one. That's the one that dictates whether you are legal or not. Yes. And that's my problem with front plates in general. It's like, why are there states that do and don't? That's true, too. I mean, what, what, what does this? Well, we know I have another. I'll go into my next headline. Go for it. On why California wants to run a front plate. Okay, perfect. Perfect segue. Oh, my God. So I still wouldn't leave California. I'm going to say that. 
Well, and uh, Illinois has it. That's why I have the uh, extra Illinois plate there. Oh, okay. But I, I only traded the rear. I but this is front. to preface what I what bad news I'm going to deliver right now. Okay. I still wouldn't leave California. California is still one of the best states that you can live in. Mm-hmm. Challenge me on that. Uh-huh. <laughs> but California is now implementing uh, sound cameras for exhausts. Yeah, we talked about this, actually. Yes. We talked about another state implementing it, not oh, California. Oh, I thought it was California. No, it wasn't okay, California. Okay. So now California is actually looking into using camera enforcement. Mm-hmm. Why do you need front license plates? Oh, yeah. So they can catch you. Right. For the, so on they, the cameras. Although this would probably be the rears. Yes. But the thing is, just how the red light cameras failed, this is going to fail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do not think this is going to work. Just how this stupid vinyl wrap pilot was a waste of money from 2013 to now 2022. Yes. This sound activated camera is going to be a waste of money for however many years moving forward. Yep. One, there are already OEM cars that are louder than the 95 decibels that are allowed in California. Such as like a Hellcat? Such as a 911 GT3 RS. Okay. Such as a 19 Chevy Corvette. Not a... Not ZR1, a ZR1. Uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. And a McLaren 720S Spider. Okay. All all above, cars we have. All above 99. <laughs> all <laughs> cars we have. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at, at least a couple of those are obtainable if sometime. Sure, right? sure, by sure. By the time we can by the time we can buy them, <laughs> they're going to be at like 200 decibels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, cats true. are worn out, like, yeah, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And but if if like I don't know how this is going to affect OEM. Mm-hmm. You know, the OEM manufacturers. They're going to succumb. They have to, yeah. They right? Have they have to. to, like, if they want to sell these cars. But at the same time, it's like, man, like, this is this is stupid. I think this is absolute no overreach. Yes. You know, like, why? What sound pollution? And obviously, I'm biased. I've always lived on a major street growing up, and you had no issues with it. And did, I had no issues did with. You guys it. have single pane or double pane windows? Was yeah. it loud? Like, could you hear the street? Uh, we had single pane growing up. Eventually, okay. my parents switched uh, to double pane. Uh huh. Uh-huh. But our issues wasn't the cars. Our issues were the ambulance and the helicopters. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's that, true. So that got me thinking, like, okay, so this is going to start in six specific cities. Okay. But they have not disclosed them. Okay. Which cities do you think are going to be? Maybe mine. All the cities in Orange County. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and some of the coastal cities, probably. You yeah, know, like yeah. that's kind of where it's Irvine, gonna go. Irvine. So it still hasn't been signed into law by Newsom. Okay. So it's not confirmed that it will mm-hmm. go through. Mm-hmm. More than likely, though, money is supporting this. Yes. Therefore, it is going to get put pushed through. Right. Um, it will begin in January 1st if it does get signed into law. For this upcoming election. For this upcoming, yes, yes. Oh wow! Yeah, so got ev- vote. yeah, everybody's got to vote against this. Vote uh-huh. against. I got. I, I should have got. I should have collected what it actually was. Mm. But look it up, read up, and vote against this stupid shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I in the article that I, uh, in the couple of articles that I was reviewing this, I, I always like to read the comments. Okay. Right, and that kind of painted a picture of the type of person that is supporting this. So I pulled one comment, right? And the comment says, living along coastal SoCal for 24 years now, the noise from loud moving vehicles is heard clearly inside our $1.5 million three-bedroom, 1,600-square-foot home. 
24-7 at least several times an hour. On weekends, it is often all day long. While us suburban homeowners are not allowed to disturb the Oh, while us suburban homeowners are not allowed to disturb the peace. Mm. And I'm like, dude, if you're bragging about your price, a one point five million dollar house, you can afford to sound dead in that yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. really? Like, yeah, God, it's so annoying, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. And, and like I said, like I've lived in noisy neighborhoods and maybe it, that's why I don't care that I've always lived in noisy neighborhoods mm-hmm. and therefore I'm used to the sound. Sure. But for this, it's like, okay, this is the type of person that's a total care and comment. Like, why'd you have to drop your house? Like your square footage. Yeah. yeah it's not yeah. even that big, dude. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. $1.5 million. Like coastal, uh, co- city. coastal city, coastal SoCal. And this sounds, I mean, sounds too cheap for Malibu. He's not, he's definitely, if he's in Huntington, he's not even close to the water. <laughs> <laughs> Unless he's in the like trailer park. Yes. Yes. Oh man. But, uh, yeah, this is the type of person that's supporting, supporting this. Mm, yeah, I mean, I, I I kind of agree with you in that. Well, two things. If you live in like a, a happening place, let's say downtown Huntington area, mm-hmm. you kind of should expect that. Absolutely. That noise yeah. stuff is going to happen. Yeah, you're buying into that. You're you, Absolutely. You want nightlife. You want like fun activity. Yeah. You live there. Whereas you and I, we live in not fun city, like small towns with downtown like oh yeah for sure thus it's quieter by a lot yeah yeah right so you get what you pay for with with the home location yeah absolutely but i mean like dude if i'm like if i'm like this dude you know if i can afford 1.5 million honestly i would never sound dead in my house because i don't mind car sounds Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but you know it's you know do that about it double get double pane windows although 1.5 million dollar house it's probably like a sh- it's a shit box of houses <laughs> <laughs> amongst 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 the, the yeah, coastal yeah, yeah, SoCal. Yes, yes. So maybe yes, that's yes. the issue he's having. And I mean, okay, so also growing up in a third world country or visiting at least, the roosters and like and oh, wild animals. Oh, dude. With um, we have the louvered windows in our houses. I don't know if you guys had those. Do you know what I mean by louvered? Yeah, no, we didn't have them, but I know what okay, they are. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we ha- that's what we have. Okay. So motorcycles, but motorcycles aside, the roosters are crowing at like you know, five a.m., six a.m. You just sleep through it. Like, yeah, dude. It's yeah, not. I mean, yeah. yeah it's it's not. Yeah, it's just some, you want to live in the desert, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, you want to live isolated, like then go, live isolated. Go, yeah, live isolated. Yes. Yeah, do that. Yes, but they're just like, ah, oh, come on, man. It's yes. it's, it's 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 too much. These yes. people just kind of goes back to like maybe maybe we need to go back to struggling a little more. You know, people have too much to complain about now. That's true. Yeah, you know? that is very. Yeah, true. Yeah, that's kind of mm-hmm. what it is. Mm-hmm. Like. Everyone just wants to bitch at everybody about everything. Well, that's exactly what we're doing right now. (laughs) (laughs) We are counter Karens, but we're Karens in our own way. The anti-Karens. Yes, yes, but on the flip side of it. (laughs) Ranting about Karens. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, let's get into our next headline. All right, next one. International motorcycle shows. So there is a group of... um, the governing body of motorcycle OEMs okay. have a road show in uh inter well interstate 
It's a uh, domestic. Okay. Called the International Motorcycle Show. Okay. I am part of that because I previously was working for a motorcycle OEM. Yeah. So I was kind of attending. I I went to one out in Long Beach. Basically, you can borrow the bike and ride it of any any assortment of bike from all the OEMs. Oh wow. And it's a show also. It's small obviously because they don't have a big footprint right. for the products, but nonetheless, um it is a semi decent sized event for enthusiasts. It's a very small niche as we all know. Yeah. They have decided to cancel all their shows for the rest of the year. During COVID, they obviously had to cancel their first year. Post COVID they moved to outdoors fully. Yeah. And now even this fully outdoors event is completely canceled for the year. I guess the as it relates to cars, is this kind of like the canary in the coal mine that, hey, maybe these shows are really, really starting to die? Let's pause on that question real quick. Okay. What, where would the canary in the coal mine mm-hmm. explain that to me? That So in the coal mine... They bring a bird. Uh-huh. And if there is a, a lack of oxygen, the bird will start to will die first. Oh. And shit. that's the warning sign. Back in the day, that was their warning oh, for when the when the damn. coal the coal mine would actually be um caved in, essentially. That makes so much sense. Yes. That makes so much sense. That and, is but I was not expecting such a dark story. <laughs> well that yeah. yeah. So it's their warning, essentially. Yeah. Okay, pre, cool. Pre technology that was our technology. Okay, okay. Sorry for the tangent. What no was, worries. So what was the question? <laughs> yeah. So the question is, is the, the cancellation of a full year's worth of motorcycle shows. And as we know, car shows such as SEMA have been paring down, LA Auto Show. We don't even care, even as car guys, the OC one, it's practically free. They're like in, giving it away for you to come in. We don't even go. Yeah. So is the cancellation of a complete year's worth of motorcycle shows a sign of things to come for auto shows? I think so. Okay. We already saw it at SEMA. We definitely did. Um, Although that's the first post-COVID one. Yeah, but, but I think COVID has taught us that outside is overrated. Yes. And uh, I think people... The the economy is in a place where everybody wants to keep as many dollars in their pocket as yeah. possible. Right now, especially. right now, especially. Yeah. Yep. Um. So it's it's just re- no real motivation mm-hmm. to. Uh. I mean, e- this is all non-car related, but even like Target and Walmart aren't making earnings, right? And oh, is that what happened this week? Yeah, and like they can. Ar- you can argue that it, it has more to do with sort of like the cost of operating going up for them versus consumers right Mm -hmm. but it could also be a result of consumerism going down too right and if yeah if walmart and target are now suffering from consumerism which is like the cheapest of the cheap products yes yes. people aren't buying shit Mm -hmm. so people Mm -hmm. aren't going to be going to conferences there aren't going to be going to shows there aren't going to be so i think uh unless these events are spectacularly entertaining. Yes. It's going to be hard to get the foot traffic in there to warrant this, you know, million dollar expenditure. And with SEMA, you, it's not very spectacular. I would say, right? Nah, nah. I mean, like people used to, before I went, people would joke 
you know, the people that I knew had gone mm-hmm. would joke that SEMA is really just a place for old dudes to get away from their wives. Yeah. And kick it together and drink and be stupid. Which is kind of what we did. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, that, that's uh, I mean, and, that, and that's where I was going. Yeah. That's kind of what it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, I mean, how much networking are you actually doing? It's not kind of, it is what we do. You know, like yeah, it isn't. We SEMA, networked. We networked. SEMA has, it, I feel like they haven't really taken a huge step towards like content creation mm. and like social media footprints. Yes. Um. So they're almost like kind of a dinosaur. We're not going to be invited back. <laughs> <laughs> they don't you listen know? to us anyways. Yeah. But, so we're yeah. not going to be like, you know, it's uh, it's kind of old news, right? I yeah. mean, we need a new, more exciting SEMA or whatever it may be. Right. That focuses on the things that the newer generation wants. We need to forget about, you know, people our age and older mm-hmm. and start thinking about the generations coming up in the car world that seem to be fewer and fewer every generation that is also very true you know so it's it's you know is it blowing up like the hoonigan style show is Mm -hmm. it you know kind Mm -hmm. of focusing on things like that things that are more exciting who knows what it is which they've done right they've invested in it but it's always like off to the side in a corner right it isn't like a focus i mean i do have continental tire we're doing was doing drift ride-alongs and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but it's that needs to be at the forefront, right? Like we we always come back. I always come back to this. Like I don't want to see Keith Urban getting a guitar, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, that was a sad yeah at getting people to come to their booth. Exactly, and they're yes. and they're like front and center at SEMA, and we fell for it, and we fell for it <laughs> yeah. exactly, right? Yes. What needs to happen is the stuff that you know we're interested in. Yeah. And you yeah. know, I'm not saying that you need to get YouTubers at SEMA. Like that's not what I'm saying, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you need to find a way to represent some of the more younger generations, make it more exciting, make it. And and in order to make the younger generation like it, mm-hmm. you have to make sure that the older generation hates it. <laughs> But the older generation has more of the funds. Yeah. yeah. Right? Well, I mean, obviously, as they go yeah, away. Yeah, but for a show like SEMA, yes. how much are we spending on SEMA, right? Yeah. that's I We're not you. spending much, right? And 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 there are plenty of young um, entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. plenty mm-hmm. of young you know business owners in the car world mm-hmm. to warrant a show. Maybe it doesn't need to be a, as big as SEMA. Yeah maybe we need to start investing some time into this, Randy. I mean, the, the more I think about this, we the, make our own SEMA. That's we make our own SEMA. Yeah. Young people. Yeah. We got to do, uh, was it SEMA? A M E S. We got to find a way to make that an acronym. Okay. Right on. And right then on. turn it into our own show. Like troll it. Basically. And just troll it. Yeah. yeah we are the yeah. anti SEMA. Well, one thing that came to me also is because, and a few weeks ago we reported that Ford is pulling out. Yeah. They have a big section of that drift in the front. You're right. Outside yeah, of Hoonigan. Yeah. They are the, they're bigger than Hoonigan. Oh my God. They had so much real estate for like a truck going around in circles. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. So if somebody's going to fill that gap, I mean, I would imagine the uh, Brotherhood of Muscle Dodge might. Oh, yeah, that deal. makes sense. Yeah. But even then, like, I mean, we didn't. Muscle. Yeah, we didn't even stop to really watch it. Nah. Right? Nah. 
No, no. If anything, we would watch Hoonigan, but we wouldn't really stop to watch the Mustangs yeah. go around and drift. Yeah, and no. Like, <sighs> so what should it be? An autocross? An actual like driving? That's thing the for thing, people? though. Like, I don't know. Someone's gonna innovate an idea mm-hmm. of making an interesting show. I mean, it, it like the concert. I mean, we the first year we went, there was music, right? Well, there, we, while we ate, there was an outdoor stage that was like a media event. OK. And because we are media, technically, we and maybe it needs to be like that. You know, maybe it needs to be like music festival ish. Oh, you know, that's interesting. You know, bring, you know, flavors of hip hop flavors. Right. Of, you know, because like cars and music. Uh-huh. They go together like bread and butter, so man. So like grid life type stuff. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. While mm-hmm. still maintaining an element of like networking and business, right? Okay, okay. But you know, kind of taking. And I know that's pr- we're we're dreaming without a limit of a bank account. Sure. You know, and these ideas, but it's feasible. Yeah. What? But I think like some, but some kid right now mm-hmm. is in their room thinking about the the next innovative idea in sort of these trade shows, right? Yes. I think it happens in like every industry with every car, yeah. although, you know, it's like the f- once you use the same template enough times, it gets boring. Totally. And, and some genius comes in and makes a new template. Yeah, or makes a new, new template and the yeah. world goes crazy. Yes. Right. Yes. It, you know, we need that. To yeah, we need that. We need the iPhone to come out. Yes. Yes. We need the iPhone. For SEMA. Yeah. We yes. need the iPhone to come out for SEMA, whether... Yeah, yeah something very innovative is what something you're innovative, something cool. I, I don't know what it is. You know, we're just spitballing here, but I, I think that's that's kind of what it needs. You know, and I can have the same conversation about some of the, you know, track organizations. Oh like yeah, NASA. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Where it's, and I don't, I'm not trying to be ageist to, and ignore the old folks. Mm-hmm, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But even they know they were young once. You yes, know, like, yeah, it, it's just, you know, sometimes you need to do something new, do something different, like a tech sheet versus a QR code. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Know, like 100 <laughs> percent. Yeah. Like I forgot my pen and paper, man. Like, really? Yeah, like, dude. You know? pen, oh, my God. Yeah. I was just talking to Jaime because uh-huh. uh, I'm trying to like I, I submitted all my paperwork for uh getting licensed for tt yes and i'm like dude i submitted everything but i haven't really gotten a reply mm-hmm. and it's been weeks mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and then he's like oh just make sure you have a printout of everything and i was like well i scanned everything into my phone so i should be good yeah and he's like you probably want to take printouts <laughs> and i was like and in my head i'm like that doesn't make any sense and then i started thinking about like who is going to be there who i would be delivering this to yeah yeah and i was like boomers <laughs> <laughs> we're so ages <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> love you boomers yes, uh, yes, yes. but yeah yes. paper driven process so i printed everything oh out. wow yeah but anyway that headline went on forever yes it did next one and last one i believe mm-hmm. right bentley wants us to believe that they can defy the laws of physics randy okay i don't know if you saw this headline so the ceo is claiming that they're going to put out a 1,400 horsepower EV that is going to do zero to 60 in less 1. than a second. 1.5 seconds. Okay. Okay. I don't think that's true. I don't think they can do it. There's been there's been countless even engineering explained went into this. Oh, they did. Yeah, not this specifically, but they've had episodes before where like they went impossible. into tire 
tire compounds. Yes, it's so virtually impossible. It's virtually impossible with, to with, put that power down efficiently, efficiently enough to get like less than like one point eight. Okay, so that's kind of the limit. That seems to be like it's a theoretical limit. Mm -hmm. It's a mathematical limit. Yes, but tends to be pretty reliable. Uh huh. Right. Uh -huh. Yeah. I mean, and for. I think for a CEO to claim this, mm -hmm. it would have to be something that could be replicated like on the street, right? Yeah. Whereas the conditions, I think, to allow something like this to happen would mm -hmm. be like a drag strip. Where the meatiest, rubberiest tires you could find. With rubber on the ground. With rubber on the ground. Yeah, like super, 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 super yeah. sticky floor. Yeah. You know, yeah. and yeah. and like uh, like eight burnouts prior to running out mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is the only way you can get this done. The power, I don't doubt you can do it. 100%. Yeah. I don't doubt you can do it. But mm -hmm. in terms of actually putting that power down, it's impossible. So I have a couple questions here. Right. Sure. One is the sort of Tesla model of lie through my teeth and figure it out later, mm -hmm. right? Which is the software model yes. that we have spoken about yep. now uh, being adopted by OEM manufacturers. Sounds like it. Right? It certainly does. Yeah. Like, yes. I mean, it's been only recently that we've started he hearing numbers that aren't real. Mm -hmm. I mean, for the most part, OEM manufacturers downplay Right. Toyota's horsepower numbers were less than what the Super actually came in at. Yes. Um, and so most OEMs seem to be more conservative with their numbers. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. now they're flipping to the complete other side. The total sales schmoozer tactic. It's it's uh, social media. <laughs> is that what it is? I would blame social media. Just like be as outlandish as you could be. Yeah. In today's world. Yeah. Be able to tweet it. So 240 characters or less, <laughs> whatever the limit is now. <laughs> and build outrage, build controversy, have guys like you and I talking about it. Oh, yeah. And bastards. Then, yeah. I mean, not that anybody of our listeners can afford it, I would think. Oh, then why are you hitting on our listeners? We well, got baller <laughs> listeners. You guys are balling. Yeah. Man. Well, we definitely <laughs> certainly can't afford we can, this car. Not a Bentley. So maybe it, the first one they made. Did you say it was EV? Sorry. EV, yes. Oh, so it is EV, 1400 horsepower, 1.5 seconds. 1.5 seconds, 0 to 60. And what, the part that frustrated me the most is uh -huh. that he says, quote, but from a 0 to 60 point of view, there are diminishing returns. The problem is it's uncomfortable, and then it becomes nauseous. Mm. You can have zero to sixty mile per hours in two point seven, and then you you can switch it to one point five. One point five. I mean, the way he says it, he makes it seem like it's okay. I'm it's flip cake. a switch now. I'm going yeah. one point five. Yeah. And then two, like really, you're gonna complain about going one point five zero to yeah. sixty? That sounds like an awesome time. I don't care <laughs> if I'm throwing up in the middle of it. It's going to space pretty much. Yeah. Right? Oh, like for that's, sure. That's yeah. I wonder what kind of G's that is. I mean, like one and change, right? It right, can't be that much right. more. Two at most because, yeah, fighter jets hit what? Three or four? Uh, I don't know, actually. Uh, before you pass out, I, I don't even know what the G is that you need. Um, I mean, for us, it's probably half a G. <laughs> <laughs> for me, one one drink of uh, <laughs> scotch and I'm, I'm pretty much Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. But yeah, I just kind of like, kind of like, mm, you know, with the EV stuff coming out, are we going to hear more and more of these ridiculous Outlandish. numbers? Yeah. And Unless they're starting, they're starting to make tires. And they've got some stuff that we haven't figured out. I will say that when I was interviewing for the tire job that yeah. I was working, um, going to try to get, 
they did talk about how there was a major shift in their design as a result of this pervasive EV situation. Right. Very okay. much focused on the high torque situation. Yeah. Less or so maybe on figuring out how to make it last given like dummies like me who are just consu- regular consumers. But that but if you make if you focus on making a tire last, mm-hmm. That means you're you're reducing using, grip, reducing grip, harder yes. rubber, yes. reducing grip. Correct. Right. So yes. yes, that's where I'm like. They're probably. I mean, a, a tire manufacturer would be more incentivized to work on uh, compounds that minimize impact to drivetrains, right? Maybe and, and yeah. lasting longer mm-hmm. versus going faster. Yes, that's right? true. Yeah, like, or is there, is there advantage for Falcon say mm-hmm. to um, to uh, invest in a tire for a Bentley? How many are they actually going to definitely sell? not? Right. Yes. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. But I call BS. Not only that, if they can hit that number, let's say even like or close, are people really looking for the zero to sixty time on a Bentley? Good point. Yeah. That's probably why he's talking about, oh, it's nauseous. I'm getting nauseous. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, that's, it's yeah. that his, their demographic doesn't really care about that. No. You know, they're, the whole, honestly, I don't even get the Bentley thing. Yeah. The whole car is just a flex. Y- is it a flex? Kind of. Oh, Rolls is a flex. More than a Bentley. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what's, I always laugh about, which is kind of me being maybe jealous is, if they're driving their own Bentley or their own Rolls, then they're not that rich, is my opinion. As a you are such a hater, a, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. But it's kind of true, wouldn't you say? Like, I always imagine Bruce Wayne. I imagine Bruce Wayne. Okay, yeah. If like, you don't have Alfred, then like filthy dumb rich. Yes. you don't drive. Yeah, you don't drive. But don't. I don't know, like. I don't know if there's an amount of money that I could make that uh-huh. would stop me from getting behind the wheel. Really? So if you saw me, you'd mm-hmm. be like, oh, that guy's broke. Okay. He could barely afford that Rolls. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Like, would you want to be driven around? So in the Philippines. Oh, you a- rich? Mom? No, 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 no. It's okay. not rich people. It's middle class. Middle and upper middle class already are at a point where they can afford a driver. For themselves interesting yeah because traffic is so bad yeah that a uh, a 10 mile commute will take you two to three hours and so really the net advantage is you can kind of relax but you know obviously there's no teslas there as far as i'm aware so there's no self-driving within a very congested crowded street right for most of metro manila um so yeah that's that is something I've grown up experiencing. Okay. Um, and I get it when you're having, a, like I said, a, a five to ten mile commute, and it takes you two to three hours. You just want somebody to kind of get you there rather than be sitting in the driver's seat, pressing, you know, idling essentially the whole way. Worse than LA traffic. Yeah. I yeah. get that you get so it's a very uh, it's a unique and very specific niche scenario. Yeah, I but still wouldn't. No, nah. You would still drive. I, w- I would. I would probably pay for like 
someone to sit in the passenger seat before I actually paid for a driver. Really? Yeah, just to keep me company, like scare okay. scare him through the mountains a little bit. Oh, okay, okay. But I don't know, man. I, like I hate being. But here's the thing: I hate being a passenger. Oh, okay. I can't. I just. I don't like being a passenger anywhere mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on the street. Be it a. Be it going to the grocery store. Yeah. Like, uh, it, like it's gotten to the point where a lot of people think I hate their driving. Oh, okay, okay. But it's not their driving has nothing to do with it. I just don't like being a passenger. Oh, yeah, I get that. Yeah, I totally so, understand. So, so it's, uh, I think because of that, I probably wouldn't be able to hire a driver. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Now a chef. That's probably where that. <laughs> That's where that money would the, go. That's definitely yeah. also a thing. Or a mechanic. That is if also. If I didn't have to work on my cars anymore, ooh, what a dream. <laughs> ooh, a la Jay Leno, who knows how to, but can afford to pay a specialist. Oh, yeah, I would cars. love to be Jay Leno, man. Yeah, hell not Jay yeah. Leno's mechanic, but Jay Leno. Jay Leno, hell yeah. Yes. No, Jay Leno's mechanic. That's the worst job in the world. <laughs> oh, my God, man. He has so much work to do all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how many mechanics he has. He's got to have several. Maybe. He's I mean, got to. Like, I mean, how car, How often are cars breaking down? Probably not a lot, given how many he has and how often he can drive all of them. That but was another thing, too. Driving philosophies. What do you mean? I, The idea of having a 15-car garage mm-hmm. is cool, right? Sounds cool. Sounds cool, but it goes against what I believe in, in terms of my car philosophy, in that... If I can't drive them often enough, yeah. why have them? Yes. And for every extra car I have, uh-huh. I'm depriving somebody of that joy. You're s- very socialist. How socialist are you? <laughs> <laughs> you call me bad. Sp- <laughs> Spreading the love is what is, yeah. the, is the theory. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like it'd be. I feel like I'd be like, you're kind of an asshole. So then you should give my kids your E92. Well, no, because I drive it. <laughs> so if I had another one, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh, if I had uh-huh. an extra car, that's how yes. I would feel. I'm like, should probably sell it. Okay. Despite the fact that I'm like itching to get into another one right now. Right. And you barely drive the E92. Yeah. Right? Well, that's because I'm being a cheap ass. Well, I'm being strategic. <laughs> okay. Sure. Sure. I haven't. I've still Good haven't bought. Good flip of words. I, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't bought tires. Oh, I'm okay, still like okay. I I just drove here like on the baldies, man. Oh, okay, okay, like I have okay. slicks. Okay, it better not rain. Yes. Um, but I'm I'm still like shopping some used a used set that I might have narrowed in on, <laughs> but like okay, you okay. know I'm still hoping for that. So that's why I haven't bought a new set of tires because I I want to keep those on the shelf in, in case, case I do sell it. Ah, I sell it with those and not my baller wheels gotcha gotcha yeah but back to driving philosophy sorry what was yeah what's yours like what is your stance on all that oh would, would you have a 20 car garage no i kind of agree i cannot i can't fathom so let's say i could get all the jdm golden era cars the top four right yeah nsx rx7 um supra and uh what am i missing gtr right that's probably like my upper limit yeah because even i mean i think the pandemic proved out that if we don't have anywhere to go, like, where am I going to drive these cars? Yeah, yeah. Right? It would be much better, more gratifying to spend two years in one, mm-hmm. sell it, spend yes. two years in another one, yeah. sell it, and keep right. going like that. Right. Like, I struggled having a Prelude. and uh, I mean, but you hate the car, so. Well, eh, 
it's a hate like you know stepchild. Once you got the S two thousand, man, it's, like you didn't, you wouldn't even look at the Prelude anymore. Oh no, definitely not. Yeah, <laughs> it was like it wasn't even there. Yes, yes, it was. It was crazy to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it definitely happened. But if I got an like a an equally cool car as the S two thousand, I would struggle to find a time and place to drive the thing. Yeah. So it's it doesn't. I agree with you in that. I don't see, even if I can afford it, any value in my life to adding a burden of having to figure out when to drive another car yeah. and use it. Yeah, collectors are the bane of my existence. Man. Yes, yeah. yes, indeed. Shout out to Bring a Trailer. Huh? All right. <laughs> All right, let's get into our next segment, yes. Profiling the Legends, uh-huh. Hinimitsu Takahashi Randy. Yeah. Yes. Take it away. All right, so Profiling the Legends, Kunimitsu Takahashi, I hope I'm pronouncing all the inflections. We're both we're both probably butchering it. Nonetheless, um, so there is a man known as the Drift King in Japan. Right. His name is Keiichi Tsuchiya. Okay. He influenced things such as um, many drift people, obviously, right? But specifically, he was involved in the initial d anime show right and helping them to kind of guide how their races would appear in the cartoon itself the main uh the anime okay so um so this story as it relates so or how i came upon this person kunimitsu takahashi is i I watch a lot of the drift let's call him the drift king keichi suchia um the drift king i watch a lot of his shows on YouTube. Now that they're available and they're captioned, right. I can actually watch all my JDM glorified cars being run on like mountain passes and racetracks in Japan. So um, during an interview that came upon my rabbit hole of YouTube, he mentioned the name of um, he's considered the Drift King, but he mentioned the name of the Godfather of Drifting. I was like, there's somebody before you? Yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I was enlightened. So I made sure to write down the name when I saw it. And so I researched this person a little bit or what little is out there. So I do have sources. And if you want to read my sources, like like our page, like our Instagram, and then okay. we'll, we'll pass the links on to you. Yeah, these comment. Are, these, yeah. are legit, these are legit sources. So um, within my source... Kunimitsu Takahashi, the, let's call him the Godfather of Drift. The Godfather of Drift, born in 1940, recently died March 16, 2022. R.I.P. So R.I.P. So he started out as a Jap- uh, motorcycle racer at the age of 18. Uh, won his class in motorci- motorcycle racing um, in the 350cc class. This was when he was 18. So. Um, 1958. So the following year, he won the 500 CC class. So at 19, he's already 18 and 19. He's racing in bikes and powerful bikes. Yes, scary speeds, as we know. And yeah. you, we could argue they're kind of more death machines. They're really just sitting on a motor with oh, with for like sure, a, yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely, like, yeah. So you really have to know you're really one with the motor. The only thing connecting you is a chain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have real full control of that of that thing. There's no there's no na- nannies for for helping you out. So after a major accident at the age of 22, so he did run the Isle of Man race. Okay, are you aware of that race? Yes, that's yeah. I've seen some gnarly videos from that race. So for those that don't know, the Isle of Man is an island in within the British Isles. 
where they race in like an old ancient like city in England, essentially, right? Where there's like stone walls and you race through the cities at like almost 200 miles an hour. Oh, yeah. Essentially. Yeah. And yes, there's some mountain portions or hilly portions, but you're cutting through the cities and it is insane. So yeah. I, I can only imagine. You, so you've seen Rex. I've seen. Yeah, I've seen like I've seen videos of like people going into the houses. Oh, shoot. yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could die, obviously. Oh, from, absolutely. Well, with any motorcycle. I mean, right? I thought there was a statistic, t- statistic that at least one one person per race per race per year yeah, yeah one that yeah. makes that makes a ton of sense yeah yeah in the situation yeah and there was a pretty recent one so yeah it, that's very feasible um so he got in a near-death crash at the isle of man in 1962 thus he switched to cars um but he prior to that the year prior to that he does he did run in the west german grand prix oh sorry this is for motorcycle racing so he won he was the first Japanese motorcycle racer to win in what is now known as the MotoGP. Okay. So he won in the 250cc class. Not quite the fastest, but it is still a competitive race. Right, right. Even today in MotoGP, that, that class is still running. So then, yes, the year after he did run Isle of Man, crashed, almost died. Thus, he chose to switch to cars. So a little bit of a fast forward. He was racing in the first skyline known as the Hakosuka or Hakosuka, however you want to pronounce it. (laughs) I was Um, like, what? That's not what I heard. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Hakosuka is how it's pronounced in Japanese or that's how the Japanese pronounce it. He was one of three racers nicknamed. um, Their group was called um, Opama Works Miragurasu. Okay. Which means the three crows. Okay. So it was a crew of three drivers that were um, running for like a a supported by Nissan team, yeah, race team in this original GTR, and they won. Uh, he won specifically um, in in an event called the Fuji Grand Championship, uh, three hundred kilometer race in nineteen seventy two. The Three Crows. That sounds dope. The Three Crows. So it's kind of, I guess, they liken it to like Three Musketeers. That's kind of the a Japanese version of that. A little less dope. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um, he helped give that Hakosuka its 50th victory within three years. So thus, the host, that, that car became a legend, essentially. The original uh, okay. GTR, as far as the Japanese car culture goes. Yeah, yeah. So... How he became the grandfather of drifting, and I will quote this specifically, it was something else that Takahashi did during this time that changed car culture forever. During some races, he began to purposefully throw his GTR into turns in a way that broke traction on all four wheels. Not that old bias ply tires had much adhesion to begin with, but Takahashi demonstrated skillful car control with these antics maintaining a race line while seamlessly transitioning between grip and slide. Unbeknownst to him, Kunimitsu Takahashi had invented drifting. Wow. You know, like, it's funny because a lot of people say this about the Drift King. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yes. And so exactly. he's saying it about Kunimitsu. Yes. Although he right. waited forever yeah. to let us know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Compared to his wins, these displays uh, are probably seem trivial at the time, but the theatrics captured the attention of countless fans, such as the Drift King himself, a young Keiichi Tsuchiya. 
Okay. So, with that said, um, in 1992, Kunimitsu, he developed his own race team called Team Kunimitsu. And Tsuchiya, the Drift King, was one of his race team partners. Uh, okay. Yeah, so they, he drove the sister car of the race team in the Gr- J- Japanese Grand Touring Championship, also known as JGTC. So, um, we're all, we, we, many of us fans may be familiar with that light blue skyline, the, like the race, the Calsonic skyline. Right, right. The Ray Brig NSX. This is that series, essentially. Got right? it. Okay, okay. Yeah, so then in 1995, that pay, um, when he developed, oh, so they won the, um, in Le Mans in 1995, they won the French Enduros GT2 class. Okay. With a Honda NSX. So it was the first, they were part of the first team, Kunimitsu, Drift King, which is Tsuchiya. They were the first all Japanese team that had won in a in Japanese car in that class. Wow. In 1995. So that's them. That is them, yes. Very cool, right? Yeah, that's This was cool. the, the Ray Brig uh, banner. Yeah, NSX, yes. So then he, he retired from racing. At the age of 59 in 1999. And despite that, he still managed his team. And under the Ray Brig banner with an NSX, he won um, the whole JGTC for 1998 and 2000. Damn. And that is uh, what little information we can find on the internet for the godfather of drift. I wonder how many other people were inspired by him because... Uh, the Drift King mm-hmm. is credited for, you know, yes. you hear thousands of people, mm-hmm. right, saying mm-hmm. that he's the reason why they started drifting. Yes. But there's got to be like a, a, a population of people that were inspired by uh, the Godfather the himself. The Godfather himself. Right. Yeah. Right, right. Maybe they didn't get as famous as the Drift King did. Correct. And I think so. Yeah. And yeah, the Drift I mean, that was King, a long time ago the, too. The Drift King is old, dude. If you watch the more the newer episodes of his show, he's obviously dying his hair. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. He, he, seriously, like he is. He's pretty old, man. I mean, he's still driving, and he's oh I, for sure. I yeah. still love it. They call, his nickname is Dory Dory, like dr- drift, because dor- Dorifto is how they pronounced drift in japan japanese okay so that's they call him dory dory uh, so yeah dory okay. dory is like really aging out man like <laughs> yes nonetheless but yeah. he's still putting out content he's man. still putting out amazing content that's re- cool man. yes 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 that's i wonder who inspired the godfather that is the question well right he, did he happen to it by chance did he get it did he pick it up from motorcycles it may be that because yeah. really uh, the Godfather came up after World War Two. Yeah. So that's kind of when Japanese industrial revolution started to kick in oh, where all the, you know, yeah. Toyota, Honda, they're all like loom manufacturers or game manufacturers of toys. Right. Right. They all converted to making motorcycles and cars. Yeah. So he kind of started the race scene or was part of the growth of racing automotive racing specifically in japan in that era yeah that so he 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 was he's the godfather Godfather. he's the true father of it all right damn as far as drifting is concerned yes wow very interesting huh that's pretty cool yes yeah that's pretty i mean 
too bad our homelands don't have like these cool like legendary stories right like i wish i would have had like inspiration like someone i attached myself to as a little kid like that mm. as a little kid i had i attached myself to a lot of cars that i liked yeah but we had nobody we could like see no drivers yeah, yeah like yeah 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 i mean i i didn't have cable either right so i was limited right. to what was ever over the air mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of racing on tv yeah yeah other than nascar maybe right, but right. that never appealed to me even as a little kid correct it appeals to me more now that i understand the skill mm-hmm. but as a little kid i was like why do we want to watch people going in circles <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes but but yeah like to have someone inspire you like that as a little kid mm-hmm. I, that that I, that probably would have it would have been a significant change in the direction that i took in terms of hobbies as a little kid. And I would say even um, to that point, um, representation. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah. Not seeing somebody like my, who looks like my dad. That's true. In that scenario. Yeah. That's why I have zero. I had zero interest in it. James Bond is an exception just because he gets girls like crazy. So that adds to the um, relatableness of wanting to be like him and thus the car thing kind of attaches to it as well that's a right? good point that's why right? i wanted that's why i wanted to be a soccer player you know? it was it's because like, it was representation those were you. my heroes like yes. growing up or yeah, 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 yeah like you know hispanic and then it's representation absolutely i mean you know? for me it was bruce lee they look like me right? yeah so i could see myself being like that uh, dude like bruce lee yeah which never happened oh, another <laughs> one <laughs> <laughs> totally never happened another one yes, dude bruce yeah. lee man yeah, yeah, yeah. such i had n- i recently found out that was it uh, what, what, what was the mo- which the first movie he came out with in the united states came enter out when dr- he was already dead right oh uh, no enter the dragon enter the dragon maybe yes 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 yeah like yes. it was soon after mm-hmm, his death mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i didn't know that yeah, I thought that he had a couple under his belt before he passed away. Not in the states. So then everything yeah. got uh, dubbed. Yeah, yeah. And pushed out. Everything got dubbed and pushed out after yeah. that. Well, no. Um, okay, so um, that might not be true because he had one with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in it. Also, uh, was post mortem. Post mortem. Released post mortem. Re- released post mortem. Yeah, but Kareem uh, was a student. But it was they used someone else for the other scenes. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, like, like Fast and Furious. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Without the technology. <laughs> yeah, and it's and it it's crazy to me because also the the Green Hornet movie. Yeah, yeah. But the Green Hornet movie was made of Green Hornet the TV show footage. Correct, correct. So yes. like it it wasn't even like yeah. recorded, mm-hmm, you know. So mm-hmm. it was it's crazy to me yeah. that he is such a legendary name yes and he was barely he just had opened the door for himself out correct here. correct That's he's crazy, like crazy marilyn monroe level iconic oh for sure right but he was dead before he could even really blow yeah, up yeah man right yes yeah it's pretty insane it is it really is it is yeah. like it's like it kind of makes you wonder like if there are people that are on different wavelengths Uh uh-huh or you know or you know or is it just a matter of opportunity and what you do with it uh or work hard he worked very hard he worked that's what i mean like is it and i don't want to discount that either Mm -hmm. but at the same time like to have that much impact oh yeah in such a short on the world yes on such a short amount of time right that's crazy to me man and it, it flipped the script on how asians were viewed 
in America. Oh, yeah. Because prior to that, they were mostly railroad um, Chinese people, right, building the railroad that connected yeah. the It, it the helped start that conversation, yes. right? It, it also, like... It put a little fear in people, like, oh, can this guy kick my ass like Bruce Lee could kick my ass? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> there was at least a, a tiny smidgen oh, of sure. a chance. Yeah. Like, oh, that, that started transitioning into the stereotype, yes, too. Yes, for, for sure. sure. Yeah, 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 it helped us. I mean, they inspired a lot of, like, uh, like inner city yeah. martial arts, too. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah without like, question. I mean, like, like, uh, like Wu-Tang... Like mm-hmm. the Wu-Tang Clan, right, is part of a generation of African-Americans that yeah. really took on mm-hmm. these mm-hmm. films. Yes. We're getting on a crazy know, tangent on this. Are. Yeah, we are. But, like, you know, black exploitation movies, right, yeah. were birthed from the, the Bruce Lee movies. The Kung Fu movie movement, yeah. Yeah, right? Yes, yes. And they even went, they were even double featured in theaters. It would be a oh, black exploitation really? movie and then a, and Chin- then a Kung Fu Chinese uh, movie. Yeah. That's funny. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. And so there's a like there's a there's a big generation of uh, black martial artists yes. that came from that. Yeah, yeah, that it, makes it's sense. cool. It's a, there's crazy cool history on that side of yeah, things too. Yeah, pop culture and yeah. how that was influenced. Yes. Yeah, but anywho. anyway, anywho, let's get into our next segment, one that I'm gonna cover: stupid car history. Yes. And this one is stupid for for a reason that I'll let you decipher. But this is one of the most incredible heists that the fi- that the Fast and the Furious wish wish they would have included in their movies right Mm -hmm. so let's start with the victim the victim of this heist is loomis armored services have you heard of loomis yes they do bank they uh, they still do it yeah they still do bank transfers so loomis in the 90s uh had unarmed trailer trucks that they used to transfer coins in their head they were like well i mean it it, it's so much coin and it doesn't really it's not really a lot of money that no one's really going to steal it Sure. Kind of that's kind of logical. It is logical, right? A bit, but yeah. where they messed up is that they started including paper money mm. on these trucks and the only thing that was reinforced was the cabin. Right? So the actual trailer part of the truck was aluminum, right? It wasn't armored. Uh it was simple aluminum and the only security measure was a lock in the rear door. Wow. Right? So this is in the 90s, right? Uh Uh-huh. So enter 1999. Mm -hmm. So in 1999, it was a rainy spring night on March 24th, and it was 7.30 p.m. So a truck is leaving the Loomis Depot in Sacramento to make a drop in San Francisco. Yikes. Um, They had 58-year-old driver Howard Brown and two guards, Frank Betancourt and Ken Ken Montgomery. Mm Mm-hmm. The only places this truck stopped were traffic lights Mm -hmm. and one way station in Fairfield, California. Okay. Right? So the truck goes on to its destination and arrives in San Francisco at 9.40 p.m. So that's approximately two hours. Mm -hmm. Two hours and ten minutes according to this time, but there are approximate times. Right? So Benton Court, one of the the guards, goes around the truck. He's going to unlock to make sure that there's a, a check. So he opens the doors and he looks in and all he sees is rainwater Ooh. in the rear. Oh, So they're like, what the hell? Yeah. And li- they had these literal thoughts. This is their quoted. They're like, did a meteor land in here? <laughs> did it get struck by lightning? Okay. And, and it's like, 
what's going on. So they look a little further up, and there's a huge hole on the top of the truck. And they're like, oh, no, like, well, what's what's going on, right? So they look up at the hole. They go back to check on the cash. All the cash is gone. Of course. All 270 pounds of cash, right? I know it's paper money. But that's heavy. But that's heavy, right? Yes. That's like 270 pounds of cash. How the hell do you even manage that? So this 270 pounds was worth 23 million dollars cool in 1999 compared to now that's oh, like yeah three billion dollars <laughs> you know sure. so uh they're they're like Betancourt was quoted saying he was houdini in my mind mm-hmm. this is the most daring robbery i can imagine he did this without even having a clue everything that needed to go right did go right mm. so the guard said this mm-hmm. and it's like dude like you fucked up bro <laughs> or he was in on it okay so yes that was sort of my initial thought too, sure. right? Like inside job, right? Yeah. We watch movies, <laughs> you know. Like, has yeah, to we're be, experts. Yeah. yeah. So at this point, right, they discover this, so they report it, and the FBI gets involved. Obviously, it's this is a huge quantity of money. So a Lumen's spokesperson actually implied in a statement that the drivers and guards might be involved. Okay. Um, and which is a bit sketch to say to like the media, right? It's but the nineties. It ain't today. It, it's, yeah, you're right. Yeah. But then the FBI cleared the driver and the guards as suspects because they found out that the hole in the roof had been cut from the outside. Yeah. It couldn't have been cut from the inside. Sure. Right. So there was no stowaway. And the only evidence they found was a Dutch military duffel bag with the initials MOV on it. So Im- implying that it was issued by the Netherlands Ministry of Defense in the 1950s or 1960s. That's a weird piece of evidence. Right? Super random. Right, super. And then they also found a baggage tag on the bag from a Netherlands railroad. So these Dutch foos, uh-huh. they're they're the ones that you know making away with the heist. Yes. So um, the FBI keeps searching and they find two witnesses, and the two witnesses say that they saw one man in dark clothing jump from the top of the trailer uh, at the Fairfield way station. Okay. Jump off and run away into the nearest, I think there was a community college nearby that he ran to. Um, And that's really the only witness that they were able to find, which I thought was odd. So um, based on what you know so far, would you assume that this was a, a robbery where Someone had incredibly good casing, meaning they know when this, this truck leaves, when oh, it arrives, the routes, the routes, when it's going to stop. Way stations aren't guaranteed. So a way station is like a, a way a check. A point it's a stop. Like a, Sometimes they, they and they so basically oh like a weighing station weighing station on the, yeah. on the freeway on the freeway yeah uh, and they're not always open you don't know definitely you don't, yeah not you don't always, always have to stop so you kind of would have to know like truck driver like things to know when that stuff is used and yeah. when it's necessary um I, I with with all the clues that you've provided so far. It was cut from the outside. The guy woke up. My first inkling was inside job, um, but you said that that wasn't the case. Um, and somebody saw somebody jump off at a way station. Really? Right? That's just like, who is paying attention when they're driving by our way station 
at what's going on there. Yeah. Nobody. No. Ever. And no this way. is the 90s. There's no real internet. Like, you have no camera phones. You're just kind of making it up, most likely. Yeah, and it's just, it's just, it's odd to me. It's like, yeah, they, maybe they were just looking for 15 minutes of fame or, sure. or felt because they were talking to the FBI. They had to say something. Yeah. Uh, but it's a little odd. And ultimately, it was determined, it was never determined how many people were involved or any suspects in the case. I still believe that this was an inside job. It might not have been the driver and the guards, mm -hmm. but it might have been somebody at the company. So nobody recovered anything. Nobody recovered anything at wow. all. And the only theory is that the robbery started back in Sacramento. Okay. And uh, the and here's the thing, like with this theory, it's been pieced together with like FBI stuff and the FBI put this theory together. But I don't know where they got these ideas. Mm -hmm. But the, the, the most prominent theory is that the robber jumped from the roof at the depot to the top of the truck. OK. As they were leaving. OK. That makes and sense. once they were on the road, they cut a hole into the top of the truck. He jumped into the truck mm. and started bagging the money okay. and tossing it out as the, the truck was moving. Okay. And then they were followed by three Honda Civics with underglow. <laughs> <laughs> Which would be smart. Yeah, yeah to yeah. pick up the yeah. money that was landing on the street. Ah. And then once they got to the way station, he jumped out and left. My only issue with that is... If you were throwing money aimlessly out of a truck like that, mm -hmm. don't you think somebody would have noticed? Um, on a freeway? Yeah. If you saw bags getting thrown, getting thrown out of a truck okay. like that. And so by trailer truck, we're saying it looks like a U-Haul? Is that No, 18-wheeler. 18-wheeler. Yeah, yeah. And the hole was on the top. And the hole was on the top. Yeah. It would look odd if things as big as a duffel bag... Yeah. We're flying out of the top of an 18 wheel. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Now, maybe like there are no snitches in NorCal. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But it seems it I, this theory seems off to me. OK. Um, after, you know, no, no suspects were ever found. The crime is essentially unsolved. Uh huh. Uh, Loomis actually finally decided at this point we're going to armor our trailer. Trucks, nice. Genius. You know. Yeah. But. I, I have a hard time believing this wasn't an inside job. I believe mm -hmm. that the money was dumped sometime after the uh, the way station and before the depot. Okay. Right? To make sure that... Because th that's another thing, too, right? Like, well, I guess it's the w first way station. If they would have weighed and missing 270 pounds, yeah, that you, that blows up the theory right there. Yes, right, because yeah. if they would have weighed themselves, they're missing 270 pounds or 200 pounds. Let's uh -huh, call it. Uh -huh. That's a red flag. Yes. So yes. I'm thinking they. Uh, it happened they, before the weigh station. It happened after the weigh station, after. right? They got weighed. Oh, everything shows yeah. cleared. Right. right? They 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 head onto the second leg of the trip. Mm -hmm. Sometime in that second leg, they open the door. Give the money to their homies. Yes. Close the door, and they said, "Okay, we need to make this look like somebody broke into the truck. Oh, Cut the top of the truck. Oh yeah. Right. Cut the top of the I truck. See. We'll do the rest of the trip in this rain. Uh -huh. Let it rain in there a little bit. Boom, bang, boom. Done. It's not our <laughs> fault. 
You know? Bada boom, bada bing. Bada boom, bada bing. You <laughs> yeah, know, it's yeah. not our fault. And yes. I think I, I think that's how it happened. I mean, it sounds mafia after you said bada boom, bada bing. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Capiche, Randy? Yeah, I see Joe Pesci <laughs> in on this shit, right? Yeah, yeah. it makes sense. But I th- this is crazy to me. I, it's at, like this. These heists would be impossible nowadays. Definitely impossible. I mean, mostly because everything is armored, like you know, but GPS like GPS tracking on phones and uh, data moving around. Yeah. yeah, but even to like up into the two thousands, it's Y two K. We're on the border of Y two K. Yeah, and these big trucks are still getting taken for two point three million dollars in heists. That's like movie level shit. Yes, that is. Yeah. I, and I was trying to think about Y2K and what the technology was at the time. Yeah. We were on AOL. Yeah. A dial-up at best, 56K modems, if you're lucky. For which sure. it was likely. Yeah. May. I was using Net Zero, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know the hack for Net Zero? What do you mean? Where you could get rid of the uh, ad? Uh, no. Yeah, there was a hack for it. Oh, I didn't know you that. You could uh, edit one of the DLL file, the config files in the in the. Oh, oh no! Anyway, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Forty <laughs> years later, yeah, yeah I'm telling yeah, you about a hack. Late, yeah, yeah. But anywho, yeah, it sounds like it was an inside job. Yeah, for sure, without question. It, I believe it's an inside job. I believe the investigators got some money. <laughs> no, I don't know about that. But yes. Don't come after me, FBI. Yes, but yeah. it's definitely, I, th- you know, it's. I I, th- I was like, this is a stupid car history. Because somebody in this, somebody along this chain is stupid. Ah, right. Or playing dumb. Right. Or or playing stupid. Yes. Because it's either the driver and the guards because they didn't notice someone drilling into their trailer. Yes. It was either the investigators because they couldn't, they weren't competent enough to find who actually did this mm-hmm. as an inside job. Yes. Right. Or or definitely Loomis for transporting two point three million dollars in a tin can. <laughs> That's probably the worst mistake. Period. Oh, for sure, yes, man. Yes. For sure. Wish I'd known about it in nineteen ninety nine. You would uh, put underglow on your Honda Civic. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. <laughs> yeah, man. But that is your stupid car history, and that is our episode. So how do you find us, John? You can find us at ninety one octane dot com. That is all letters, no numbers. Also, like and subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. Follow us on Instagram at 91octane. Also, like and subscribe wherever you watch. No, like and subscribe on YouTube. <laughs> also, comment. Comment on YouTube. Yeah. Like, let us know how if you, you like us. these stories, how much you hate us, whatever. Whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, and we'll invest more time in that. Uh, and then also support those that support us ourselves. Cafe Carrera, uh, the best coffee you'll try. I promise. Use code BIGWILLOW for 10% off your entire order. Uh, and also just follow us at Cafe Carrera by 91. That also supports us as well and helps us moving forward. Randy, any last words? Not, not this week. All right, not this week. <laughs> All right, cool. All right, good, good night. night.